The Randall Report, Season 1, Episode 31. Good, uh, good day to everybody. Um, good morning. Yes, it is still morning here in uh, the great metropolis of London. <laughs> uh, the great might get dropped very soon. That's it. That's how yeah. you, you know, we all set, aren't we? We're ready to go. So, uh, on our second attempt, because we were actually going to do today's episode last week, but of course that's allowed things to kind of update themselves with a little bit more uh, news coming in. Because today we're going to, and uh, today's Randall report, we're going to talk about US politics and how it looks from uh, across the Great Pond. With the midterm elections, um, having now more or less concluded, um, I've noted that more than $16.7 billion was spent in the pursuit of a result by candidates and uh, in the various states. Um, of course, in England, there are limits on campaign expenditure. Each candidate here has a limit of around £8,700. And obviously, if you multiply that by the number of candidates in any given election, you're talking about a maximum spend of only five and a half million quid, there or thereabouts, uh, certainly under six million pounds. So seeing the sums of money spent in the US elections, it would seem an appalling waste, which obviously could be put, put to much better use. I mean, even the election before... I think they spent um, 40 odd billion. So it just gets more and more money chucked at it. Should there even, of course, be midterm elections? Surely, um, just two years after the last one, it's not really sufficient time to have elapsed from uh, the previous election for, for any new policies of a new administration to take effect. So what do you make of the midterm uh, elections, Mel? You've been following it at all? You've been looking at it? I have, I have. Clearly the red wave didn't happen as expected. Yeah, it's more you of know, a ripple. More of a ripple, but things are... Pretty much nothing's changed. You are right? Yes, that was... Um, a coffee going down the wrong way rather than a, a comment <coughs> on your comment. Go on, you were saying, before I rudely died on this. <laughs> it's the topic of today, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess it's a good way of shaking the tree. Yeah. You know, shake things up a bit. I think what we were talking about last week was the fact that you should probably have more time to impose your policies and, you know, changing things up halfway through a four-year term, you don't really tend to get much done. It seems to be that it sort of, after the midterms, it shuts everything down, especially if it sort of goes the other way from, let's say, Democrats to Republicans. If Republicans gain enough seats in the Senate, the House and Congress, that um, it essentially shuts down government for two years. And then sort of what's the point of that? So there's two years of effective government of, and of two years being where... hamstrung, really. Yeah, and two by. years where nothing really happens. Um, but then the issue is, what's an adequate 
length of time in order to enact your policies. Well, that's... Uh... Do you want to have one government in for, let's say, a decade at a time? Yeah. What happens to the democratic process? You know, or we could just go to a communist system where you have one person in power for 30 years instead. Well, where there's no democracy and the government can essentially put whatever policies it wants at whenever it likes and without any consequence. But do you think, do you think um, uh, 67 and a half billion dollars is 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 uh, a little excessive and shouldn't there be limits on on the amount of money that a campaign can use because otherwise you chuck enough money at it uh, something's going to stick isn't it well it's not really that is it? it's the it's the american way that's what you get in a free market economy you know where you have interest groups that are able to throw huge amounts of money at you, but it also means that you're then in their hands. So if you have the... Uh, well, why can't they do you, what they do here? If you have there's... the NRA, yeah, you know, that throws billions at politicians to ensure that sort of the Second Amendment and everything that goes with it continues at a pace, yeah, you know, it doesn't change. Because God forbid we'd want to not uh, wake up and, and see some school shootings. Um, you know, God forbid that we have a ban... ban uh... <laughs> <laughs> assault weapons I mean what else are they going to kill all the kids with in the schools <laughs> but that's exactly why you have you know the NRA throwing so much money at it because it's in their interest to do so Right, they want to ensure that sort of the arms industry is perfectly healthy yeah. you know that's who they you know report to they want to ensure that all the manufacturers are you know selling as many arms as possible yeah but what they don't seem to care about as much is the effects on the ground. Right, okay. You know, same with the tobacco lobby, same with the uh, with the Jewish lobbies. You know, they obviously have huge amounts of influence. Yeah. You know, maintaining, you know, Israel and the government and its military and its apparatus, sort of, its government apparatus to ensure their own security. You know, they always go back to the US saying, it's in your interests to ensure that we're as well funded as possible because we are your de facto, you know, how do you call it? You're the, you're, we're essentially, we are your de facto government in the Middle East and we're keeping the Middle East in check. And if it wasn't well, for us, the situation would become much worse. Well, not, yeah, but no. a lot of people eat it all up and say, okay, yes, we agree with you. Here's a bunch more money. Now, um, yeah, you're probably right, of course. Um, now, of course, there are often... You know, we, we we have these elections. There are often cries of foul in U.S. elections. Um, it's um, not uncommon, as we know. Most notable, of course, was Donald Trump um, and the incursion on Capitol Hill, having lost uh, the election at the end of 2020. Uh, the incursion, of course, that he did nothing to to uh, stop. Um, in January 2021. Mm. And you of course... Argue, you can argue it wasn't his responsibility. Though. Well, of course, if his president, a few sensible words from him might have gone a long way. That's his responsibility. And let's face it, he did fuel it. Um, uh, you know, some, some uh, many of the remarks on record um, uh, go to prove that. But, you know, there's this, been this thing where one or other party in an election or as a consequence of election, are always for people crying that don't foul. Under, for people that don't understand Simon's verbiage, 
that means the other. Tother. Tother. A lot of people might not understand what tother means. Tother. The other. The other. Yes. Tother. It's, it's a northern thing. It's northern. Like real butter. <laughs> anyway. I'll do the translations. You'll do the translations. For real the, that, butter. That northern slang. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but funnily enough, uh, there's a slight digress on this. Um, I'll, get, I'll throw one at you to see if you can guess it. This is a Leicestershire-ism uh, uh, from the Midlands. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? There you go. Yes. And if you actually so that saw wasn't it that, spelled, that wasn't that difficult. No, I made an easy one for you. Well, what's I mean, a, what's I would, a hard one? Well, I'd have to think about that. I might just suddenly throw one in later. But anyway, there's always... There's often cries of foul by one or other <laughs> political party in the state after an election. Well, and ele- just, electric, electronic voting well, let's just is, throw, a, is a huge issue. Well, Postal, let's, postal let's, ballots is a huge well, issue. Let's throw, let's throw, it's not a huge issue here, of course. Of course it is. Postal ballots are not do you remember, an issue do you, here. Was it, of course it was. Do you remember in Bradford? When you had when you had that MP that was yeah, going well, around families I'm, I'm, and basically forcing them to look, put to put the Labour Labour on on the vote on the, on the ballot paper. Unfortunately, that was thousands. That was thousands yes, well, of ballots that were corrupted. They are not going to 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 say that there aren't any issues here. Um, Tower exactly, Hamlets, exactly for example, for example, Tower Hamlets, which is a London council for those who are not in England and uh, don't know. Where the hell Tower Hamlets is? Um, there's, there's, uh, it has the highest level of voter fraud in the country. Um, with, of course, I think running a close second is probably Bradford. Uh, I'm not going to go down any avenue. Let's, let's go down the avenue. I'm not going down the rabbit hole uh, of trying to to suggest what's behind it. But um, suffice to say, uh, some places are not behaving in the spirit of free and fair elections with multiple votes, often involving people that have long passed on. Which sectors <laughs> of community are those? I'm not going there because, you know, I, I think um, it, it's people obviously trying to project their interests so um, and, and obviously uh, looking to cheat, you know. Um, but essentially it happens everywhere. It, I think it that's does happen. Point. It does happen. But the point is, the point is that's why you have international and, and and people actually looking at these things, which is why they find out things like uh, what happened in Bradford, what took place in Tower Hamlets a couple of times, uh, and uh, is to check on the validity of elections. But of course, even the United Nations stated that there was impropriety impropriety in the U.S. elections recently. But there wasn't. It was concluded that after the 2020 election, there was no impropriety. And it's there's always going to be a small number. Whether uh, that uh, it is significant to uh, to swing an election, I doubt very much. And I think that's uh, pretty clear. Um, however, they do have a history of it in the states of crying foul, um, because you know, you know. There's only winners and losers in the state. So if you're a loser, you're pretty miffed and you, you you want to try and cry foul. It's often the case. And there's plenty of... Um, I'm going to throw a few stats in here. Um, US contested elections, the year 1800, 1824, 1860, 
1876, 1912, 1948. The year 2000, which of course was George W. Bush versus Gore. Al Gore. Yeah. Um, which Al Gore won. Which Al Gore arguably won. And uh, there was extreme misconduct in Florida. Yes, there was. And uh, funnily enough, I think the governor of Florida at the time was George W. Bush's brother, Jed. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what, what kind of does this say about American politics? That, you know, at the end of an election that uh, the other party you know, and cry foul, even when it's clear, really, that they know they're lost, but they just can't accept it. And we know this from, from let's take the point when Clinton uh, won his first term in office, uncontested, so it's not on that list, but then the Republicans spend the next uh, three years with... Uh, the American prosecutor Ken Starr trying to find something on them, uh, on, on, and and you get this kind of, uh, and it's they're both parties are guilty. I mean Clinton whinging and moaning that she lost to Trump, and and cried foul. Trump moaning and complaining that the election was stolen on him. What does it do you think it says about the American psyche that having lost uh, and and really, when they know it, fairly lost, that they can't just suck it up, regroup and prepare for the next time. A bit a bit like they do a bit more in this country. You don't hear them crying foul. I don't remember Corbyn saying the election was stolen from him crookedly, or anybody else for that matter in my lifetime in this country. What does it say about American psyche to you, Matt? Well, it means that we're less contentious in the US are. But Hillary Clinton's essentially a criminal. And uh, very difficult think... to say that. I apologise to viewers. She's not legally She's been... a criminal. It doesn't matter. Well, of course it matters. It doesn't matter. You have no right to say that. You could be I sued. Do. And if you're choosing to sue, so his name is Mel, my name is Simon, leave my name off it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the Rounder report, not the Mead Greenhouse report. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm not the one that's uh, suggesting You're not the one that, what? that's suggesting that she's crooked Hillary, uh, as Mr. Trump suggested. I'm not saying there might not be some veracity in the accusation. She um, would have won. But I'm not going to call that. Some might say she, she, she is. Won the, she I couldn't possibly she comment. She would have won the election otherwise. The fact that she had such a bad approval rating. There were so many allegations thrown at her, you know, issues with, with documents being kept on personal equipment, well, a number of files well, that had gone yeah, missing. You know, what about, you what know, about all the files of, that went miss, of, missing in the Trump administration? A lot, of, a lot of allegations that were sort of, you know, thrown at her for, for other sort of... What about the allegations against Trump on tax fraud, on donations, on all manner of things? Uh, do you not think that his his mantra of crooked Hillary, that some of that mud stuck, uh, do you not think that, that in the subsequent uh, six years, that, that uh, if there was a case to answer, they'd have made her answer it? Well, it's the same case with Trump, isn't it? They've been trying for how many years now to try and, to try and well, well, it's not throw over. at him? 
and it's over. still not over. It's this not is over. my point. That's the point. It's over with Hillary, but it's not over with it's him. Not so over with, it's, not, it's not over with Hillary at all. And, and that's without... Which is why she'll never become a Democratic... Which is why she'll never be on a Democratic ticket. She's too bloody old. It's got nothing to do with it. Uh, so she, is Biden. She, she's, he made it, didn't he? Well, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. Um, so that's just how the politics works in the US, I guess. You can just say it's a broken system and leave it at that. Well, that's one of my subjects for today, because from across here in England, it kind of looks a bit like that. Our system is no better. When you only have essentially two parties to work off, you know, it's impossible to not have a corrupted system. When you have a two party, when you have a two party state, essentially, you will always come across these same issues. You don't you don't get the same level of issues when you go to France or Italy or Germany that usually have some level or at least they have five or six parties. They often have to have um the systems are different now. No, but they also have to have in each it? of the countries. collaborative part, uh, parties have to come together, coalitions and they have to collaborate with one another. Um, they have to form parties together. Oh, some of those countries don't they have proportional representation? Yes, they do. There you go. You see, which oh, is pro- another thing which we should probably look to adopt. Proportional representation often causes uh, or, or creates the um, the more the, the which is why you should which is why you should be a great fan of Nigel Farage because that's exactly what he's been calling for for decades. Uh, oh, blimey. Uh, yeah, but that's a big leap, um, uh, agreeing with proportional. Well, it's interesting, actually, because here we, we, we have regular calls for for a change to proportional representation. And when the said party, I think I remember the Labour Party actually promoting it. And when they get into power, of course, they suddenly conveniently forget it because it no longer suits them. Um, it, it does create more coalitions. It doesn't benefit any any of the two main parties, which is why we'll never come to the forefront. No, despite we not despite until, us talking about it all the time. Not until we see um, a lot of hung parliaments, one after another, and, and then it somehow we look at the system entirely. Anyway, let's while we're on the subject, let's uh, or rather having touched on the subject of Donald Trump. Um, so we know that now with the majority of results in that uh, there was no red wave, as many Republicans had uh, forecast. Um, and a lot of the Trump-endorsed candidates, of course, failed to win the day. And the latest being I noticed yesterday was Carrie Lake in the race for, for the governorship of Arizona. Yep. Um, now Donald Trump, of course, has announced his candidacy the 2024 elections. It's clear that Trumpism isn't yet dead. But should it have been drowned at birth in the first place? Why would you say that? Well, I do from, from I think, personally, and this is my, my opinion, that uh, it is his stewardship as President of the US that has, um, and there's a lot of experts, opinion uh, would agree with me on this, that um, uh, uh, Trump bears some responsibility for the destabilising of um, the global order, if you like. 
from the point of view of his language what towards planet, is. What planet are you on? I'm sorry. I'm, he, he arguably had the best foreign policy of any president over the course of 25 years. policy was pants. One minute he was mates. One minute no Kim Jong... Kim, uh, yes, exactly. Was his he best man- mate and then it was his, his, his enemy. He, man- he, man- he managed to speak to, to, to a state which didn't have any sort of diplomatic ties with any countries, he managed to do that. It's a huge win. He should have just it's asked a, Dennis Rodman a, to pop by a, for a, a cup of tea because it's his mate. Just because you don't like the guy doesn't mean you can't admit when he's done something right. Well, North, Korea, <laughs> North Korea is a huge win. <laughs> North Korea is a huge win. He managed to get Israel and other Arab states, excluding Palestine, because obviously that's another thing altogether. He managed to get Israel the UAE and Saudi, Saudi to the table to, to at least create some form of, of pa- uh, a pact of peace. It might, it might have been what 10 years. What pact of he peace? Might... What do you mean? Where did he go? What pact of peace? If it where's, wasn't, if where, it wasn't the pact of peace? What, what, they, what? they have a tacit agreement between the UAE, Saudi, other Arabic states and Israel, and they have, they have a pact in place, sorry, which is Tom. tenuous, but it's there. It excludes Palestine, which I completely disagree with, but it excludes Palestine, but they still managed to come to the table. They haven't been able to do it before. They did it with him. There was, there was, no, there was no other uh, massive military incursions when he was in power because he was against it. Because in his mind, in his mind, there was no reason for U.S. Uh, military ah, to be to well, be they foreign they're states. Going to take and on top of that, and on top of that, you know... He was able to, if anything, unify a lot of countries together. He came to the table in Europe and he asked other countries um, about the issue of NATO and other countries paying their pay their fair share, which is absolutely correct. No, because, what's unified because, NATO? Because is it, no, Putin's, no, no, Putin's no, attack no, on no, Ukraine. no, 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 it's got nothing to do with it. The perception that under him, Simon, the perception Simon, of these leaders, wait, under him no, let me, no, let me, that no, NATO had become no. weak. And he was absolutely correct. Because he was threatening to leave it. Well, exactly right. No, no, not right. You're, yeah, you're absolutely looking through right. the wrong end of the telescope. No, man. not at all. Of course you are. You're looking under a microscope, and that's your issue. No, 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 at, no, 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 no. You're, 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 you're not looking at the bigger picture. The bigger picture? Why Why exactly should the US spend 75% of NATO, of all its resources towards NATO, and the other European countries are actually there on essentially the front line, why do they do? Why do we they not about, pay their fair we share? Look, we know about the sums of it all, but the point is, there, there is no Trump's point. language. Trump's language undermined the cohesion of NATO in the eyes of potential enemies. It opened up. That the, is why it opened up the world to the reality of the situation that no one knew in advance. Of course, everybody knew in advance. Everyone knew in advance that people yeah. weren't paying their pay, their fair share. And that NATO is essentially weakened because of it. So you think that somebody, which is why the United States had to go into Ukraine and invest billions so you think, in in training centres. Let's think, call them training centres. You know, in order to ensure that there was some level of buffer between Europe, Europe, and, and uh, between uh, Europe and Russia. So you're daring to tell me and and uh, the listeners. That uh, and uh, no doubt some of them will be Trump supporters. And he shut down um, the migrant issue in in Mexico. Oh, the wall! Oh, the famous but ridiculous wall! 
Well, there's excluding, the excluding, excluding the war, but let also, me, the, uh, but also, also the policy the of returning of returning illegal immigrants out of the country within a period of six weeks, and even which wasn't nice. I would agree with this: is the separation of um, of children from the parents, which was essentially used as a stick to to prevent further immigration coming forward. You know, and it had and it had its effect. It wasn't a nice oh, thing right. to do, but it oh. was effective. Oh right, okay, well. So and what no. are we doing about our our immigration yeah. issues now? Absolutely nothing. You, and it's the you, one. And it's the can one you, thing. Can you hear? Can you actually hear yourself yeah, from what, what you're, uh, where you're thinking? Absolutely. And where you're, you're absolutely where illegal, you're taking illegal steps. actions are illegal, Simon. It doesn't matter what it is. Look, if you have a policy in place, you need to enforce it. Go down your road and we end up with fascism. No. Yes, we do. No. Of course we do. We go down a process whereby you actually follow the law. If there's a, unless you don't like the law that's in place, change the law. But if you have laws in place, you have to adhere to them. So you think there's veracity in separating children from young, young children from their parents. To prevent people means, from coming in illegally, then yes. As a means to dissuade other illegal immigrants. Yes, the same way we threaten to send wow. people to Rwanda. Well, I'm sorry, from a humanitarian Because most point people would view, rather stay in France shameful. or Europe than go to Rwanda. That's shameful. So that's a choice you make. That's shameful. If you're coming from Albania or or Iraq or whatever other country that you're coming from, and you're giving a choice, you know, before you enter UK UK territories where you say either you stay in, in continental Europe or if your intention is to come to the UK illegally, you have a choice. You know, either process your application as everyone else does, wow. you know, legally speaking, you go... you do the correct thing under the law. If you choose to do things against the law, then this is the consequence. The consequence is you'll be held in a facility and you may be returned not to your home of origin, but to Rwanda for processing. That's a lot. Now, what's wrong with that exactly? Uh, 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 We're not talking about that, though. We are. No, no, you've moved the subject. I'm sorry, you've moved the subject. We're talking about uh, the separation of children, very young children, from their parents as a means to dissuade others from making illegal crossings. You need to listen to to what you're saying there and recognise how ugly it's an for opinion pa- that it's is. It's the parent who makes the choice, not the government, the parents. Oh, so it's down to the parents. Yes, the parent makes the choice. That once they arrive, uh, the American government Illegally, under Trump, illegally that they make a choice do we enter a country illegally at the risk of us being separated from our children or do we go down the legal route that's a choice you make it's not a government making that choice for you the government simply imposes the conditions you may not like the conditions but you as a parent have to make that choice yes but you start going so now you're saying that people shouldn't have that responsibility that's the road to fashion, my friend. No, and no, And that's no, the issue no, that you no, have. No. Because you're, you're you're, what you're saying... Rubbish. What you're saying is that people shouldn't take responsibility for their actions. And that's the, most, ri- should... and that's the most ridiculous yes, thing Yes, of course people should take responsibility for their actions. Okay. But then a five-year-old children... child yeah, okay. is, is not the one 
taking don't, that decision. Don't 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 enter a country legally. Then you won't have that issue. So, no, but it's, 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 what, you know, it's, it's not about the parents. The parents being separated it's from about, the children. It's, exactly it's about the, the children being separated from their parents. And you can't the, okay. punish the five-year-old for the actions of the adult. But it's How, the parents' decision. Of what kind of situation and system? It's uh, the parent that punishes the, the child, not the other way around. That is ridiculous. It is a ridiculous the notion. The parent punishes the child for their actions. You cannot have, uh, you know, by any measure, people listening to you that have got okay, any Simon. decency. If you, had a, if, you had, if you had a child and you knew that entering a country illegally could mean that your child would be taken away from you, what decisions do you make? It's, it's, you know, look, when you put it uh, from from that point of view, of course you don't go because you're thinking. Oh, about the, okay then, Simon. Don't interrupt me. Well, so well don't done. Don't interrupt so me. If that's the case, don't interrupt everyone me. Now. Yeah, but you're interrupting me. So how about we have this conversation? Well, do you want me to get a fucking talking stick? No, not at all. I'm saying exactly the point. If you will make that decision, it's up for every other parent to make their own decision. No, correct? no. The point is that any any, uh, any parent that's, that uh, with young children. Uh, needs to make decisions for themselves that are in the best interest of their young child. That's half the problem. But, but you then, uh, you cannot, with those parents that made a bad decision, punish the five-year-olds and the young children um, because of the, the uh, stupidity and foolish judgment of the parents. Because... Once the situation and the decision has been taken and they're there, they're in a country illegally, then I'm afraid you're stuck with the reality of the situation and you have to then consider, the, the from a humanitarian point of view, the needs of the young children. It's not the parents, but the point is you've got to deal with the, the here and now and you can't punish the children for the foolish choices of the parents that is awful you're under US, that is awful you're under u.s jurisdiction therefore you have to follow their their laws yeah by by your role we should be punishing the gr- grandchildren and great-grandchildren uh of of hitler's germany for the actions of that something that happened how is that and their parents and grandparents were involved in Where's the relevance well, no, no, in that? The point is, you're not. You, there's no logic to what you're saying. To, to, to the children and make it's, these. It's the laws. Rules. Apparently, you don't understand the law. No, it's not. You have to operate under the law. Yeah, well, uh, of whichever uh, country you're in. No, the law. Are you going to go to Qatar for the World Cup, Simon? Of course not. No, why? Because I don't, don't uh, uh, agree with the way they. And unfortunately, and, and unfortunately, Simon, they don't agree with you either, and that's the issue. You know, we've got a you whole... don't have to. You don't have to like it, well, but pop- you have to abide by the by the laws of a particular country. If Qatar doesn't see you in the same light as other countries do, you need to make a decision. And unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of people are forced are being forced now to make a decision whether to attend the World Cup at all but or not. Well, there's a, that's a subject for another day because actually... Uh, but it's all Donna, relevant. The, the, um, there are certain countries I will never go to because I, exactly. I don't agree with their laws or their policies. Exactly. But what I won't do is enter Qatar illegally, you know, 
knowing, knowing potentially what what the consequences well, are. Nobody. It's in not. Your, it's not even close to working. Nobody in your situation is ever going to enter a company, a country illegally, because let's be about about right. The, the vast majority of people who um, migrate from one country to another. Uh, there's often very simple but quite uh, extreme economic or political circumstances that force them to do it. Uh, nobody risks like life and limb of themselves and their children likely to find a better life. Um, but anyway, so... Um, Going back to to, to uh, the fact that there was no red wave, uh, as predicted, um, in the midterms in the States, um, what do you think the reasons were for the poor showing? Really, for a midterm, it was a poor showing for the Republican Party. They didn't win the Senate. It's very on the knife edge with regard to the House of Representatives. The, the, the Republicans probably will win it but it's marginal um uh, what what is it what would you think the the poor showing is, is down to especially considering biden having the lowest approval rating of any president in history what's your what's your take on why um abortion rights that's the only issue hmm? if this this midterms was a single issue okay election okay if abortion it, if, rights. If abortion, that, if abortion rights weren't such a hot topic, right. Republicans would have done much, much so better. Abortion rights because of a Supreme Court of which Trump had a hand in uh, putting the oh, delegates. That's his in fault there. as well, is it? Yes, it is. Why? Well, of course it is. How's that his fault? Because if you remember the people he was ensconcing in the Supreme Court during his time in office. Um, you could see what he was trying to do in terms of stilting laws that he didn't particularly like. One of them was uh, the freedom, really, of women to choose uh, over their own bodies. When, uh, when did he ever... LGBTQ rights. When did he, he ever say that, co- Simon? He has look, come off it. When By definition, he... the man's a misogynist. When has he ever overtly said he was anti-abortion? If you can show me that, then we can have another conversation. The the, the fact of the matter is Trump spent four years really shouting mantras like uh, send them back and lock her up. And uh, the the kind of very, uh, what I would call, not useful and not very statesmanlike, certainly not very presidential. He wasn't wasn't statesmanlike. That's why why people loved him. Well... why? Because he was anti, he was anti-establishment. That's the whole point. Ah, well, of course, that suits uh, certain. He wasn't diplomatic. He didn't understand protocol. He didn't care one way or another, and that's why people, that's why people clung to him. Which is, and which is probably why he'll do quite well next time round as well. Well, I don't agree with you. I don't think he. he uh, I think um, you'll you'll find that. Although if it's him or, hat in if the it's ring. him or Biden again, well, it might not be. There's no, the, there's the quite the possibility that the Republicans will 
which seems to be the case. There's a lot of senior Republicans saying there's a lot of recognition that he's very polarising. It's a bit like the Clinton situation. And I suspect there'll be a lot, an awful lot of manoeuvring uh, to, to try and see that he doesn't get the nomination. Um, it is going to be very touch and go. And, uh, you know, and, and a lot of it will be down to what happens in the next two years in terms of the, what the decisions are being taken now in respect of inflation in the States, same as here, and various other things, how that pans out and where the economy is in two years' time when they come to the, the election. There's a lot of factors to, to, to look at as to whether uh, Trump or anybody else can find themselves in the White House. Um, it's kind of uh, events are moving faster than the politics in many respects. So should the Republican, I'll bring this back to another question, should the Republican Party even countenance the idea of having Trump as a candidate? Because it wouldn't seem very sagacious on their part. I don't know what that means. Sagacious, wise. Okay. I'm sage, can't you? Eh? Sage. Sage. Sagacious. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We yes. can move forward now. And I know what um, means. But there you go. Should, should they countenance, um, you know, should, after everything, shouldn't they be looking and going, well, you know what, we could see a repeat of it. He wins, he gets in, there's more issues. There's more questions over this, that and the other and it gets to the end of the four years and he loses, you know, it's time for him to go and but it leaves the Republican Party permanently damaged because he can stand, he could stand for a, a third term because presidents only have two terms, I believe, in the States, neck, right. back to back. Yeah. But they can stand more than once if they were to separate them up. Yeah or more than twice, if they separated them up, in theory. So, what then? It could be lumped with him as a... It's not up to you, it's up to what the people want. And if the people want him back, they'll have him back. But it's a question from of who that has, point it's a of question view, of, it's a question it's... of who has the best chance of people voting for him. But do you think and you have to wise? assume It doesn't matter whether it's wise or not. Again, it's not it's not up to being wise or not. It's up to the general population and what the general population would prefer. If the general population is saying we want Trump back, then you have to have him on a ticket. I'm sorry, I, I just look at uh, the average okay. Trump supporter and it fills me full of horror. Uh, it doesn't matter. This is what the United States is now. Okay. Um, if if they like his views and they like his you know, his politics, and that's the way it goes. It, and if you don't like it, don't go to the US. Well, no, I don't go Sim to the US. It's as simple as that. You know, um, uh, I've got an interesting thing. Do you, so do you think it's okay? You think from the point of view, if you were the Repub seniors uh, in, the, in the Republican Party, that you'd want to be uh, risking it with him rather than saying, okay, we've got two years. We really have got a knuckle down here and find somebody that doesn't make us, uh, the Republican Party, look like a bunch of twats. The question is, who has the best chance of winning? 
ballot. It's only down to that. Who has the best chance of winning? Well, a lot of people said that Giorgia Meloni never had a chance, and now she's Prime Minister of Italy. So there you go. Well, Italy's, Far, Italy's politics Italy's is, very, what? is different. It's different how? Well, people, again, again, Simon's going to get very angry with me here, but... You know, Italy's big issue was Ooh, also very personal was, was, was also migrants. You know, and that was her this ticket. Particular, Hold on, this particular don't instance. interrupt me, Simon. Italians have a big issue with immigration, huge issue. She went and said, so "I will." Spain. She said, "I am so going. I am going to resolve this," and that's exactly what she intends on doing. Well, we'll she might be. She, she she might be. But quite quite right of centre, but I am because these are Italian people's views. You can't compare Italian. These politics. are Italian people's views. But you cannot She's compare Italian politics to can. U.S. politics. No, of course you can. I mean, for starters, how many governments has there been in Italy quite a since few. 1945? Quite a lot. How that, many? I don't know. How, what's the average time? But what difference? A prime does minister that, lasts. But what difference does that in make in Italy? The Italian people made their viewpoint very, very clear, and that's why they voted her in. She might have far right views. Talking about, but she might, but she might have. Neither are we talking about. Trump is on the Trump is on the right, is he not? You can see you can you can see him as relatively far right on top of that. He's so right. He's virgin on being a Nazi. But But so most Americans have those views, which is why they voted him in. And in Italy, it's the same. If you vote in someone who's far right, it means a lot of people also have those far right views. You cannot do anything through your wisdom or otherwise. Change that fact. Well, you can because you You need to recognise that if if, uh, the views of your country are, are heading to such extreme levels, there is something intrinsically wrong. What do you mean by wrong? I'm not talking about Italian politics because Italian politics is an archetypal uh, uh, system we were talking about earlier that produces a lot of coalitions. She is the head of a coalition government that requires and relies upon a mixture of support uh, and, of course, therefore, some checks and balances to to perhaps some of her more what would have been her more extreme policies because she's from the far right. With Berlusconi and another also slightly less of right party. Well it all it all adds into so, the but, recipe. So they're you all, take any they're one all part somewhat, of the recipe out. They're uh, all somewhat uh, nutters the in bank Italy. ends up different. Well, <laughs> well, okay, but, but we're so, not talking about it. We are talking. No, about we're Italy. not talking about. We Italy. are talking about policy. Our subject today is a is is a comparison, direct comparison, really between is is, a, is about the politics in the USA, not here, not Italy. Abortion, immigration, Italy, immigration, economic downturn. So says the Farage, Putin. And Trump apologist. I'm not apologising <laughs> for anyone. But you didn't answer the question I asked you, which or I was trying to ask you uh, before you digressed into to okay, go on. What's the Italy, question? Um, was that do we think, given that, that Trump is now chucking his hat in the ring uh, and Biden could well 
decide that he's going to run again in 2024. That they are just a tad too old. Should there be an age limit? It is a contentious issue. No. Uh, on post, Because obviously they reckon that Ronald Reagan, of course, when he was in office, was actually suffering the symptoms of dementia. But of course dementia can happen to people significantly younger. So you don't think there should be... No, whoever's right for the job gets the job. Doesn't matter how old you are. Well, of course, the interesting argument there is that we could look at a whole bundle of people: George W. Bush, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, uh, and ask the question: Were any of them right for the job? <laughs> were any of them actually? They were because they, they were voted in. Oh, okay. If that's what the people want, that's what you get. It's as simple as that. Right. Okay. Okay. It's as simple yeah. as that. Well. Of course, that is the nature of democracy. The unintended consequences. Is, uh, I seem to remember um, that uh, when they were talking about, I think it was in uh, um, Palestine, the Palestinian territories, when under probably George W. Bush, the decision was taken to allow them to have elections. And uh, then George W. Bush kind of got a bit cross uh, when Hamas uh, was voted in with the majority. Yeah, well, who else were they going to vote for? <laughs> so, uh, democracy, the law of unintended uh, desires and consequences. I'm not even going to go into that with you at all. That's into what? The issue of Palestine. Uh, let's not. Let's do the closing monologue. Why? Well, well, because I might be pro-Palestinian. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Oh, well, there you go then. So you don't know why we'd have an argument then. No, I'd just rather not. Well, that's for yeah, another time. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of historical parameters that... Uh, Tell me, those buggers, all of them need to find a solution instead of lobbing shite at one another. Uh, it's way too, way past time for them to, to recognise that Israel exists, but so do the rights of the Palestinians. Uh, one right doesn't supersede or overrule another. Anyway, here in the British Isles, we have our own issues, of course, in politics, as we've seen recently. But, of course, the system here is uh, kind of different to that of the US. Uh, recently, we saw our Conservative leader, party leader, ousted um, as both leader and prime minister and replaced with somebody even more incapable of doing the job, and namely Liz Truss. But quickly realising uh, their mistake um, as our country's financial uh, stability, credibility, disappeared down the U-bend. Um, the Conservative Party removed her, removed her faster than the, the gist stain on Monica Lewinsky's dress. Um, of course, in the US, it has been the case that more extreme measures have uh, been undertaken to remove a sitting president. No less than four of the 46 have been assassinated whilst in office, with a further two attempts, as well as one president-elect and one ex-president. 
So uh, if the next one doesn't work out, you know what to do, guys. Here in Britain, our limp leaders simply commit political suicide, of course. So our election cycle is much longer with no medium term uh, midterm elections, allowing much more time for any incumbent government to completely fuck the country, its people, and its standing on the global stage. And expect, as usual, the rest of us to pick up the fucking tab. Um, and whilst in Britain, of course, we vilify those elected representatives who choose to appear in peak time reality shows, eating kangaroos bumhole, in the US, you actually choose ex-reality stars uh, as president. Um, uh, no less one with a dead cat on his head and the skin of a satsuma. Um, um, of course, we've got uh, um, uh, similar, but they aren't leading the party or the country. Um, why would the Republican Party consider the endorsement of Trump for another term? After all, it would seem like Turkey's voting for Christmas. But there we go. It is the nature of democracy. We vote and we don't always get what we like. But of course, here in England, we do usually put up with the result. So anyway, to our quote of the day, which is one Mark Twain. You can't depend on your eyes when your imagination is out of focus. And on that note, wishing you an excellent day.